Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. So tonight's Christmas Eve scripture comes to us from John 1, 1 to 5, 9 to 14. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. There is a long tradition among ministers on Christmas Eve to share with their congregation a letter that they had written to a character in a Christmas story. I've never done that before. So this year I decided to give it a go. But I realized that because I was going into virgin territory that I should not go alone. So I got out my laptop and I googled Christmas character sermons. And I found one. But I realized that to take that sermon and just preach it as if it was my own is a large no-no called plagiarism. So I wrote the author, I emailed him and said, could I take your sermon and modify it? And so that's exactly what I've done. This sermon is probably about a third of it is the original, and the other two-thirds are, are now mine. And so I would like to share with you in a new tradition a letter that I have written to Jacob Marley. He is a character in A Christmas Carol. To the Honorable Jacob Marley Esquire, greetings to you from the 21st century. I'm fairly sure you don't know who I am. My name is Tony Manier, and I am the minister at Church of the Beatitudes in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm pretty certain you don't even know where that is. I'm writing to you because 
this time of year, you usually pop in my mind, you know, being Christmas and all. I must confess, I first heard of you as a child when I saw that famous movie, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Over time, I was exposed to various renderings of your great story. In this letter, I will share some of my thoughts and feelings that awaken when I hear about you in A Christmas Carol. In each retelling of your story, unfortunately, you are presented as a fearsome creature. But as scary as you are, I actually feel sorry for you. I always feel good by the end of the story because Scrooge, well, his hard heart, his hard heart melts with goodwill and compassion. Yet despite all those warm, fuzzy feelings I have inside, I have this nagging sense, once the story is ended, that you got a bum deal. It's hard to believe that Charles Dickens, who wrote such a beautiful story about Scrooge, that he would, in the process, condemn another, and by the way, Marley, that's you, to an eternal hellish afterlife, wandering the earth, forever carrying the weight of every misdeed and bad decision. Well, Marley, it's not fair. And it seems to me that it's your turn. It's your time to receive some good will. Finally, it should come in your direction. So please forgive me if I'm prying too much into your own personal affairs. But the more I think about these things, the more, the more questions come to my mind. I'm not asking you to answer these questions. But frankly, I can feel compelled to ask them. So here we go. Why is it that you, Marley, must play the part of the messenger of Scrooge's salvation, yet you were never given the same chance? Why is it that no one ever came as a fearsome ghost to visit you before you died? What forces of the universe declared that Scrooge would have the opportunity to change his heart while you, well, you just became a messenger, an afterthought, a footnote in someone else's story? I wonder something else. In the story, you say that as a ghost, you wear the chain that you forged in life. I'm actually going to quote you now, Marley. You said, I made it link by link. I girded it on my own free will, and of my own free will, I wore it. I understand that the chain you wear in death is one that you made unwittingly in life and that each link represents each time during your life when you acted spiteful, miserly, unforgiving, and even heartless. But 
it just sounds like when you became a ghost, and by that I mean after you died, you finally grasped how atrociously you behaved. So Marley, why must you continue to wear those chains of your past? If, as the story suggests, you were as mean and miserly as Scrooge, then I can understand why you had no friends, and I can also understand why you died alone. And yet, it just seems to me that the price you continue to pay for your earthly transgressions is just way too far high. So I went back to the story, and I read it again. I read especially the parts about you to see if I could find additional clues about your fate. In your last moments with Scrooge, I read this about you and your kindred, miserable spirits. It says the following. The air was filled with phantoms, wandering hither and thither in restless haste and moaning as they went. Every one of them wore chains like Marley's ghost. Some were linked together. None were free. The misery with them all was clearly that they sought to interfere for good. They sought to interfere for good in human matters, and yet they had lost that power forever. Now, Marley, Dickens here gave us the most beautiful and at the same time terrible description of hell if I've ever read one. To learn a lasting lesson about life only after you're dead and then be able to do nothing about it. That to me is one of the most painful existence that I can imagine. Yet when I read that passage again, I saw something that I missed the first time. It was that last line. It was the last line that says, all of you phantoms had forever lost the power to interfere for the good in human matters. That's a lie. Or at least that passage is not in telling the entire truth. And certainly it is not accurate of you, Marley, it may be that some of you ghosts, like some of us humans, you don't wish to interfere for good in human matters. But you, you Marley, you're different. You had a relationship with Scrooge. You were his business partner. You knew him as well as it was possible to know him. Yet, you are more than just an acquaintance. You are not just a footnote to someone else's story. You, Marley, are a messenger. 
What you brought to Scrooge that Christmas Eve night long ago was a message of hope. You yourself said, I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate, Ebenezer. Marley, this message you bring to Scrooge by the fact that you even appeared to Scrooge in the first place is proof. Proof that you can and proof that you did interfere for good in human affairs. Well, to be honest with you, as I ponder this even more, I realize that not only did you interfere for the good in Scrooge's life so long ago, but you also continue to interfere for the good in human lives each year when a Christmas Carol story is retold. In fact, the more I think about it, the more I begin to suspect that the work you do as a ghost I, I think it's probably more meaningful for you now than any work you ever did in your former life. Your work, and dare I say, your calling as a ghost, is to bring a message of hope, a message of how it is possible that any moment in our lives that we can turn around and we can take another path. We can go another direction. And then I realized, this is exactly the message that we need to hear this Christmas Eve. The eternal option at any moment is to be aware of and honor Forgiveness and love. For that is the message of a loving God. It is also the message of Jesus, Buddha, Allah, and the message of our own experience from the web of relationships in which we exist as children of this universe. I only wish we could all be so fortunate as Scrooge to have a visit from a phantom messenger such as you. So, Jacob Marley, if you are still out there wandering the earth, a ghost fettered with the weight of all your sins and misdeeds, taking on many shapes and percentages, bringing a message of love and hope, I ask you for a favor. If I may be so bold, and if you do not find it too impertinent, I ask if you could make midnight visits, sometimes in this next year to each and every one of us. I ask you 
to hold before us the visions of Christmases yet to come and the myriad potential consequences of our actions. Marley, I ask that you help remind us, as you helped remind Scrooge, of the true essence of a life well lived, a life that is overflowing with generosity and compassion for ourselves and for others. Thank you, Marley. Thank you for your time. And Merry Christmas. Sincerely, Tony Manier. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.